0: Blob Talk Radio.
1: Blob Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Pure Hope with your host, Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. Hope is the name the angels gave Reverend Gorman. Help open planetary eyes. And that's what we hope to do on Pure Hope. Thank you for joining us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pure Hope Show. And that is what we hope to do, is we hope to help open your planetary eyes as well as your planetary hearts here. We are, take great pride in giving you wonderful, wonderful programs from the Hope Interfaith Center with guests that span this nation as well as around the world. Tonight, we welcome you to the world of spirit. Before we can begin to recognize the presence of our spirit guides or beings uh, who are on the other side, you must first take note of your own beautiful, beautiful spirit. And some, for some of you, learning that uh, to see yourself this way may be a brand new concept for you. But it is true of who you are. We are all one, and we are all spirit incarnate. While growing up, I was raised in a very lucky family or a holy family, and my mom, my own mom, often referred to us kids as spirits. There were four of us in the family, and we did the same to her. She often would ask us, what does your spirit want today? Or what does your spirit want you to do today or accomplish today? That she would say this as if it was a very casual conversation so knowing that uh, what I knew I thought always thought I was spirit growing up spirit and that she also wanted me to know that so it was easier that I had an easier time to connect with spirits who could help me both on this side and on the other planes as well so I did grow up viewing myself and others in this way and readily accepted this principle So I'm hoping that this principle or this opportunity that we have tonight will help you um, move into that a little bit more. As spiritual beings, we are intimately loved. We are supported by our creator and by our guides. And when you and when I, when we all decide to work with our spirit guides and connect with those you love on the other side, you just change the whole rules that govern your life and and allows it to become much easier, much easier in so many ways. We are so honored tonight to have Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer, with us for this interview. He has a strong natural ability to connect with spirits on the other side. And yet with the greatest of discernment, I want you all to know, I do pick my guests very cautiously because you see there are many, many levels of guides and non-physical entities and we'll be talking a little bit about that tonight. There are energies in the spirit world, each vibrating on its own, what I call, unique frequency. So much like what I call multiple radio stations simultaneously sending out distinct signals, so do we. Not only does each guide have its own frequency, but each person on this planet also has his or her own particular vibration. Those of us who live in our hearts have a high vibration vibration which is not too distant from the spiritual frequencies of those in the non-physical plane. This usually makes connection with your spirit guides much, much easier. Those who have simply forgotten that they are spiritual beings and identify perhaps only with their minds or their body sometimes have a little bit lower frequency or lower vibration that is farther away from the frequency range of spirit. So the connection sometimes is much more difficult to establish. Well, my friends, Mark Anthony is always vibrating in the sanctuary of his heart. But before we welcome him, I'll just tell you a little bit about him. He is the author of the best-selling books, Evidence of Eternity and Never Letting Go. He is a world-renowned fourth-generation psychic medium, who communicates with spirits. Mark is an Oxford-educated attorney, licensed to practice law in Florida, Washington, D.C., and before the United States Supreme Court. Mark has been featured on ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox Television, and other major talk radio shows. One of my favorite, of course, is Coast to Coast AM and so many others. He is charismatic, intelligent, and humorous, and he is an accomplished public speaker. We are so lucky to have him on tonight, so relax, take a breath, and just enjoy Mr. Mark Anthony. How are you tonight?
0: I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me on the show
1: and thank you. Where are you calling in from Mark? Are you in Florida right now then or
0: i I am. Um, I'm in central Florida, not far from uh, Kennedy Space Center. Uh, for those of you who don't know where that is, um, it's east of Disney.
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that first question, I, uh, Mark, you're a returning guest, so I'm so glad to have you on the air. And I Thanks. wanted to... Um, talk a little bit about when people hear we're a psychic medium or a psychic attorney, and then people have asked me, "Is he really, really an attorney?" And I said, "Yes, he really is an attorney, um, whose turn uh, who is a medium." So tell us a bit about Mark, how you began, or how you knew this was who you are.
0: As I explain in in both my books, um, particularly in Evidence of Eternity, I believe that. Psychic uh, ability, mediumistic ability, the ability to communicate with spirits is a genetic predisposition, and this appears to run in my family because for generations there's people on both my mother's and my father's side of the family that had these abilities, in fact, both of my parents. So when two parents have what's known as a recessive trait, a a trait that skips a couple generations, but both of them have it, the likelihood of one of their offspring having it goes up greatly. So that would be me. And I grew up in a household where seeing spirits was not a weird thing, but they told me to keep it to myself. So as I got older, I thought... um, uh, Reverend uh, Janice. and I love to call and I love to call you Reverend Hope because I just love the word hope and and, and I want well, to talk about that you. in a minute too, because without hope, we have really nothing um, I think, and I was always drawn toward the spiritual, and I had considered very heavily going into the clergy. But uh, I thought, well, there's too many rules and restrictions and regulations. So somehow or other, I ended up in law. <laughs> Not that there's a
1: hmm. lot of
0: rules and regulations and restrictions there because I always liked uh, evidence and facts. I, I like the way law puts you in everything. It's, it's been fascinating studying so many different things whenever you get a case of a particular nature. And now I have to learn about forensics or I have to learn about how cars are constructed or, you know, whatever, depending on, on the case. And as I got older, my my mediumship ability intensified to the point where I saw that instead of the two fields being diametrically opposed, being on opposite ends of the spectrum, I saw that they both revolve around evidence, and they both revolve around helping people. Because without evidence, anyone can say, oh, your grandmother's here and she loves you. Um, But but, uh, you have to back it up with proof. Uh, Earlier today I did a reading for a client over the telephone, and she said, well, I thought it would be different. I go, what do you mean? She said, well, the way you, like, kept bringing up all these things about people. And, you know, I guess she thought it would be texting or instant messaging where Spirit A would come in and give name, rank, and serial number, (laughs) you know, that type of Mm -hmm. thing. Uh, And she said, but what did it for me is when I started humming and singing the song Turkey and the Straw, because she said, I've had that song stuck in my head for the last couple weeks. I said, yes, and that is an objectively verifiable fact. How would that spirit know about this? Oh, by the way, how would I, over the phone, never having met you, know that the person you wanted to talk to, what her name was and what she died from, and uh, what her her hobbies and habits were? Um, and then she said, well, yeah. Um, I, I there's no way I can explain that. that. Well, of course, because that is a spirit communicating, and evidential mediumship is is based on being able to produce pieces of evidence that I can't possibly know. They're not generalities; they can be even minute things or very very big uh, facts and information. But that's what makes um, mediumship credible is when you present evidence. And so that's how being an attorney and being a psychic medium are on the same page.
1: Hmm, that makes sense. So when you talk about um, you know, life after death and communication with spirits, and that's based on what you call sound scientific principles, can you explain yeah. that a little bit to those who doubt, even with the other information that you gave?
0: Absolutely. In fact, um, and I know we're going to talk about it uh, later on, I'm one of the speakers at the Sedona Spirit Symposium, uh, June 9th through 11th, and um, there's four, four speakers. Three of them are scientists in the fields of near-death experience, uh, space sciences, consciousness, and neurology, and uh, I'm explaining the science of spirit communication. Hmm. Long story short, and it's a very long story, <laughs> everything revolves around frequency. And even Albert Einstein said that everything is frequency. And what we're seeing in quantum physics is that everything, you, me, the microphones we're speaking into, the, the bottle of water that might be sitting in front of you, the water in the bottle we know that everything's made up of of molecules and molecules are made up of atoms and atoms are made up of electrons protons and neutrons but quantum physics shows us that even the the electrons protons and neutrons are made of an even smaller particle referred to as quanta they are electromagnetically charged particles henceforth the name quantum physics everything in, inanimate, inanimate, you know, um, uh, live beings, inanimate objects are all made of the same minute particles. It's just that they vibrate at different frequencies. And so spirit communication is predicated on me raising my brainwave frequency to an ultra high level and spirits being able to spot that bring their frequency down to where you get a frequency match. For example, the people tuning into this radio show—they're tuning into the proper frequency to get this show. It's the same thing. I'm raising my frequency; as spirit's bringing his or hers down. Voila, frequency match, and that's how that works.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So, can you know when before when we talked about it this um, a little while ago? When you said in your book evidence of eternity, that it's a genetic thing. Can people raise their frequency to speak to spirits on the other side? Do you believe that everybody can do this, or do you believe it is a just a genetic component?
0: Um, I think all of the above. Um, okay. What it is, I think that everybody is able to have a psychic or mediumistic experience, but not everyone is a psychic or a medium. And we all have the same physiology. Um, It's not, frequency is just one component of this. There has to be an apparatus. And I've been studying um, the human brain for years. In my practice as an attorney, when I was practicing full time, I was a personal injury attorney and I specialized in head injury cases, which got me studying the human brain. And then when I started working in earnest with my mediumistic abilities, I started uh, to keep finding out about the pineal gland, which is a small pea-sized gland about four inches behind the middle of your forehead, the proverbial third eye, the third eye chakra for all the folks listening who who do yoga, the third eye chakra is in the middle of your forehead. If you go about four inches behind that, there's this small gland, which controls our brainwave frequency, our circadian rhythms. In other words, when we get up, when we get tired, when, you know, when we do things during the day um, and our ability to perceive light uh, and within the pineal gland are magnetite and calcite crystals. It generates an electromagnetic field. In other words, we have a radio transmitter and receiver in our brain, and that appears to be the technical apparatus, the machinery in our head to enable us to communicate with the other side. Now, now, Reverend Hope, everybody has one of these. So the most common way people communicate with the other side is during a dream. I mean, for all the listeners out there, how many of you have had a dream where a deceased loved one talks to you and it feels coherent and real? And then when you wake up afterwards you are convinced of its reality. Fact of the matter is it was real. And that's because when you go to sleep, what happens is we go from the beta state, which is what we're in right now. Okay, beta state is you're able to listen to the radio, drive a car, tie your shoes, write checks, go to work. And then when you start to relax and go to that daydreamy state, that's alpha. When you go into a deeper level of sleep, that's the theta state. And those of us who study brainwave frequency and their their brain patterns find that psychic activity appears to occur between the alpha and theta states. In other words, surge of brainwave activity, or brainwave frequency, rather. Spirits spot that. They align their frequency with your brainwave frequency. Voila, there's the contact. And it's easy for a spirit to do when you're asleep because you're not resisting and you're receptive, and that's why they come to so many people in their dreams. So to answer mm. your question directly, everyone can have a mediumistic
1: experience. Hmm, hmm. That's interesting. So, what is your definition of God? because I read on your web page that you' and which I loved you had on it you devoted you have devoted your life to helping people understand that God does really exist and God to me that does seems,
0: exist, yes sorry, and, go ahead and
1: that, that's okay that seems like a big challenge lots of times when people on this planet don't believe in God so So first and foremost, what would be your definition of God, and how would you explain that to people to help them understand that God does exist?
0: I was raised Catholic, and... Uh, forgive me for being a bit irreverent irreverent reverend
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was but, as well. you
0: know but but you know in in traditional religions god is depicted as a, a male sitting on a throne with a scepter and he's all agitated and neurotic if you don't contribute a certain amount and you don't listen to a certain dogma and is really into judging and casting people and you know there's a lot of folks that want to you know depict god as a king um God is way beyond that, um, and, 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 and I don't mean to, to insult or demean anyone who wants to anthropomorphize, in other words, put a human face on God, and if you want to do that, that's fine, but you have to realize that the ultimate act of narcissism and ego is to create God in your own image so that he hates the same people you do, and that's, that's where it all starts going wrong. God is an infinite energetic connection. We're all part of God. God's part of us. But I do believe that there is an intelligence, or rather, the intelligence. And God is the source of all light, life, energy, creation, creativity, and love. And I know that sounds all airy-fairy, like I'm running around on my unicorn sliding down a rainbow. But when you start looking at quantum physics, and now there's quantum physicists all over the world saying that all energy is interconnected and if everything in creation, everything that we are capable of understanding and then some are all composed of these electromagnetically charged particles. Albert Einstein and other physicists have now proven that light is both waves and particle, quanta. Light is in everything. All life that we know it is dependent upon light. The food that we eat is a concentrated form of photosynthesis, whether it's eating the plants that derive that that need, need sunlight to grow or the animals that eat them. I mean I could go on and on with this. Long story longer is God is energy and energy transfers intelligence. So if energy is everywhere, intelligence is everywhere, God is everywhere, and that's how God transcends space and time because everything is interconnected energetically and this isn't some you know wild hair granola theory this is quantum physics in fact what Albert Einstein said is concerning matter we've been all wrong what we have called matter is energy whose vibration has been lowered as to be perceptible to the senses there is no matter Edgar Cayce said, energy or vibration is the same energy you call God. And then Nikolai Tesla said, what one man calls God, another calls the laws of
1: physics. Hmm. Hmm. That is very interesting. You must have studied this for a long time, or do you get a lot of this information from your guides as well?
0: The fascinating thing is I've always been interested in physics I was terrible at math. (laughs) It's like, don't ask me to balance your books or do your checkbook. But the concepts, the concepts in physics, I really, really enjoy, and I've been studying this my whole life. And then during readings, spirits would say to me, in fact, um, during a reading recently, um, uh, somebody came through for for this woman. It was her father who said, um, the light is immortal, and so am I. Wow. And I, you know, and, I, and, I, and I, I, yeah, and I've transmitted that. Then all of a sudden, I'm sitting there after the reading, and go, wait a second, that sounds like one of those quantum physics things. In fact, a number of of the connections in evidence of eternity, uh, particularly on the chapter about um, the levels of the other side and frequency, so many messages like that came through throughout the course of all the readings that I've done over the years. And when I studi- started studying quantum physics, I'm, I'm looking at them going holy cow, this is the same thing. Mm. And, and so it, it's, it's all there. It's putting it together. So, so, yes, God does exist. God may not be a, a white guy sitting on the throne with a scepter, but God does exist. And God is so sophisticated yet so simple. Because when you feel true love, you're feeling God. And then when you try to understand the enormity of eternity, that's also God because that perception is, or ability to comprehend is beyond our limited human material world brain.
1: Hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about various vibrations. What, you know, what does that look like on the other side? And does that mean different levels of existence? What does that mean, various vibrations on the other side?
0: Um, that's that may be a very difficult question to answer i'll d de- i'll I'll describe it as best i can. Okay. I look at the the other side as there are several levels several wave uh, wavelengths or frequency now the quantum theorists the ones who believe in string theory, they say that there isn't just one universe there are multiverses so the, the quantum physicists are talking about multi-dimensions. We deal frequently with what we call the other side. That doesn't mean the other side is the be-all and the end-all to dimensions. I believe that there are several, <laughs> who knows how many on, on, uh, on the other side. But there are higher frequencies and there are lower frequencies. Let's look at it this way. Let's say that we live in AM radio. The other side is FM radio. The two gotcha. systems use energy, frequency, vibration, and although they're separate systems, they do occasionally overlap. Hmm.
1: Hmm. Well, I did a reading today, and one woman did ask me the same thing. What do you, do you believe that when we pass on to the other side, will I be met by my mother, and will she hug me and kiss me? And I said, Well, I'm on the radio tonight with Mark Anthony. I'm going to ask him that question. So so what would be the answer to that question if there are various vibrations and if we are in various vibrations, do we see our relatives? Do we see our loved ones?
0: Absolutely. And now using the word see, when a spirit communicates with you or me, because we're you know, we're mediums and, and we get that. Um, mm-hmm. in in a spirit is, is consciousness, energy is a quantum field, okay? So when that quantum field, when that soul, okay, in in the realm of science we refer to the soul as consciousness. In our, our work we refer to it as a soul or a spirit, but it's the same thing. It, it's energy. And the spirit comes forth and he or she starts emitting waves of frequency to us. So when a spirit comes through and they they are reaching out and sending us a rose or a kiss or a familiar song they're not actually giving us a rose what they're doing is projecting to us something that we can relate to so that we can explain it to them so but when we die our energy separates from our physical being our physical body and then interfaces with the collective consciousness of the other side and when your mother's energy greets you and touches you Um, It can be perceived as she's hugging you and kissing you. But from what spirits have told me, it's so much deeper, richer, more loving, and better. So for us, nothing could be better than crossing to the other side and having mom there to hug you. But what's actually happening is you're interfacing with her energy and feeling a mother's love for her child to its fullest extent. I can't imagine being more loved than that.
1: All right, All right. How about our animals?
0: Same thing. Oh, we, we, you know, same it, it's thing. funny because you know, in in the religion, the Catholic religion, it's like people go to heaven, animals don't. Well, I beg to differ.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> uh,
0: in so so many readings, animals come through because, as the laws of physics teach us, energy is neither created nor destroyed, only transferred from one form to another. Well, guess what? Animals are made up of you know, electromagnetically charged quanta. So when your cat, dog, horse, or parakeet dies, that creature's quantum field is transferred to this other dimension. And it is coherent. And animals, any being capable of the emotional love, appears to be capable of spirit communication. So when you cross over, beloved animals are going to reach out to you. I even had in a reading recently, uh, Reverend Hope, I was doing a reading for this family, and their father came through. And these folks are great. They're a real country, and they all talk like, you know, they have that real country yeah. accent. <laughs> and so their their daddy yeah, daddy came through, and daddy had been a hunter. So there's a guy, and I'm, I'm I'm describing what he looked like, and he's holding a gun, and there was a big black bear. Next to him I go, he's next to a black bear. I go, this, this, this is weird. And their son goes, well, daddy done shot himself a big old black bear once. And I'm like uh, the bear has come I know. <laughs> I'm like wow. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know? Yeah. And the bear the bear communicated to me and I was expecting like, hey, you killed me, I'm really, you know, ticked. But what the bear communicated was sort of the I was a predator and I understand the predator and the prey cycle. Mm-hmm. And it was astonishing. So the bear apparently didn't hold a grudge against daddy for shooting him. Um, and the bear gets, got it or understands from the other side that sometimes you're predator and sometimes you're prey. It, it was, it was, it was amazing. Hmm.
1: Hmm. That is that is so interesting. <laughs> yes, that would be <laughs> a really interesting reading. Where Oh my God, the bear showed up, the one you shot. The bear showed up.
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, I've communicated with dogs and cats, horses, bunnies. But a bear, that was a first.
1: (laughs) Uh I bet. (laughs) Well, is there a main message do you think that most people are receiving from the other side at this time because there's so much that's going on in the world?
0: I think the message is love. Love. (laughs) And not even death or what we perceive to be death can kill love. And, you know, you and I were were talking prior to the show, and we've both uh, lost parents and, and loved ones. And people think that because we're mediums and that uh, we're spiritual, that somehow the pain and anguish bounces off of us. Uh, It doesn't. Um, Even though I know that life is eternal and life goes on. My mother died uh, actually 10 years ago. Wow, I can't believe it's been that long. And, um, in fact, I saw her earlier today in a meditation, and it was Hmm. wonderful. But it's not the same as going over her house and having lunch. Or, better yet, Mom, taking you out to lunch. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. it, you know, it's, it's not the same um, and I miss the physicality but what the Buddhists teach us is that the only thing permanent is impermanence is that everything is temporary and they're right they're absolutely right and then if you want to go to quantum physics energy is neither created nor destroyed only transferred from one form to another so the birth, death um transition to the other side and then the rebirth the, the eternal cycle of energy continues on um it it is it is just just amazing and and one of the reasons I'm so excited about the uh the Sedona Spirit Symposium uh, first off, um, anyone interested in that, go to my website, evidenceofeternity.com. It's the same as my book, Evidence of Eternity. You can find out about accommodations. It's coming up uh, June 9th through the 11th. Working with the scientists that I'm working with, uh, we're doing seminars, and I will be doing a mediumship demonstration as part of the, uh, of, of the symposium. It's just fantastic when you have people of science that are on the same page, yeah, as you and me, Reverend Hope, you and me. You know, whereas people used to look at us as fruity tunes, lunatics, and, and now you're having people from the Russian Physics Institute, the German Physics Institute, Oxford, Cambridge, MIT, University of Arizona, the Japanese Physics Institute saying that um, it appears that consciousness is a quantum field and that intelligence transitions out of the body, much like when a computer hard drive fails and you take the floppy disk out, the information continues and you can plug it into another computer. And I'm like, holy cow, <laughs> this <laughs> is what we've been saying for a yeah. long time. And now the science community is starting to say, well, uh, we're thinking this is true.
1: Yeah. Wow, that sounds like a great event in um Sedona it just sounds like a great event. So on your website Yeah, it's on my website. To the 11th, um, is that Um uh, well,
0: that's my Arizona tour. Uh, oh, okay. I'll be uh, yeah, I'll be in Tucson at Unity of Tucson and I'll be on uh KGUN the morning uh the morning blend show which I've been on before. They're they're what a fantastic what a fantastic uh uh TV show. And then that evening, June 7th, I'll be at Unity of Tucson. Um, to do an evening of spirit communication where i 'll be connecting random audience members with their loved ones on the other side, and then on uh, the ninth i 'll be in Sedona the ninth through the eleventh for the Spirit Symposium, and uh, the morning of the ninth i 'll be on um, the morning Scramble TV show out of Prescott, along with Dr. Gary Schwartz and Dr. Marjorie Wolcott, two of the other speakers. Um, and then uh, we'll be doing the symposium. And the symposium is going to be great because this isn't going to be like watching algebra on stage. You know, I mean, yeah. we're all we're all very uh, um, an, you know animated, energetic speakers. Um, we're going to be talking about reincarnation, life after death, survival of consciousness studies, um, near-death experiences, the science of spirit communication. One of the presentations that I'll be giving is called rulers royals psychics and spirits it's how the psychics behind the thrones for for thousands of years how people of power including over a third of u.s. presidents have consulted with psychics and mediums and it's really a fun presentation and um... And then we're going to have uh, Robin Weeks, who's a NASA scientist, who talks about science and spirituality and the Big Bang Theory. And Dr. Gary Schwartz, who I cannot say enough good things about. Gary is the head of neurology at University of Arizona, which is the forefront of near-death experience and survival of consciousness research pretty much in the world. And wow. um, Dr. Marjorie Wilcott's a reincarnation and a um, 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 a meditation and a, um, uh, I believe she, her backgrounds in uh, uh, neurobiology, uh, understanding the brain, and it's going to be fun. I mean, we know we're going to wow. use some humor. So and there's also going to be a lot of healing. We're going to have um, Reverend Hope. We're going to have a panel on coping with loss. We're going to have a panel discussion on consciousness. So there's going to be a lot going on, and it's going to be uplifting, entertaining, and just fun.
1: Wow, wow, it sounds fascinating, just fascinating. You know, you probably read, most of the world has known that in the state of Minnesota, we lost uh, one of our finest singers that comes from the state of Minnesota, Prince. Oh, so whenever, I was
0: crushed. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, whenever, uh, yeah.
1: do you connect with this entertainers at all, or, you know, does that ever, like, the Bears come up, does Prince ever come up, or? <laughs>
0: Um, you know, I I know so many psychics that will say, "Oh, Prince died and he came to me." I'm always yeah. very cautious about people yeah. that say that because you need yeah. a connection. And um, in evidence of eternity, I <laughs> I got I got to share a story that's funny. I was doing a reading for this woman, and remember that show Gilligan's Island? Oh yes. Remember, all right, remember Lovey? She was like Lovey, you know, Thurston Howell's wife. You know, she's all very <laughs> oh, yeah. proper and all this. You know. So I'm doing a reading for, I'm going to call her Lovey for this. I'm doing a reading for Lovey. And uh, this gentleman comes through, very dashing, debonair, kind of has a very movie star type look, slick back hair, tuxedo. And I'm describing him. And she goes, Oh, that's my father. He was very dashing and debonair. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I go, There's this guy that looks like Ronald Reagan. Standing next to him. And she said, Well, Father and President Reagan were very good friends. They used to play golf when he was the governor of California. And I'm like, oh. Excuse me? And I'm like, Oh my God, oh my God, I'm talking to Ronald Reagan. And then these two <laughs> other people came in. And, and I said, Wow, I saw that movie, The King's Speech, and that really looks like Edward VIII and Wallace Simpson. And she looks at me and she goes, Oh, them. I go, what do you mean, of oh, them? She goes, oh, they used to crash our parties all the time and expect everyone to pick up the tap because he used to be a king. And her, what? she was a shameless social climber. And I'm like, you're telling me that I'm talking to your dad? And then I realized who her father was. He was this famous billionaire who was a land developer and this famous billionaire, Ronald Reagan and King Edward and Wallace Simpson. And she looked at me and she goes, well, father knew them all. Why is that so surprising? And I guess because I didn't see that one coming because I didn't expect this. Because I don't know who these people are before the reading. I insist on anonymity. All I want to know is the appointment time, and then when they come to me. And that had to be one of my favorite readings. (laughs) Favorite readings of all time.
1: Yes. Wow. That is fantastic. That is really interesting. So tell us a little bit about your book evidence of eternity and never letting go
0: never letting go i wrote to help people cope with the shock of loss mm. and I, i've heard from so many people uh that it really helps them when they're in that fog right after a death and you're just numb and stunned and depressed and It's a guide on the journey through grief, and it's been recommended by hospices and um, grief counselors all over the world. In fact, to date, I've gotten well over 100 emails and letters from people who said that they were going to commit suicide until they read Never Letting Go. So for all those people that it's helped out there, thank you, and and I'm, I'm very happy to be of service. And while on the Never Letting Go tour, people kept asking me about, You know, how does this work? What's the physiology? Is there any science to back it up? Is reincarnation real? What do you think about hell? You know, my son committed suicide. Did he go to hell? Do animals have souls? So I started keeping track of the most um, profound and prevalent questions. And with 20 years of my research with quantum physics and the brain and frequency and my understanding of of spirit communication – I decided to write a book to explain spirit communication, the afterlife, reincarnation, suicide on the basis of science, quantum physics, faith, evidence, and and uh, spirituality. And um, um, the, the response has just been amazing uh, to evidence of eternity. It was even... Uh, uh, submitted for a Pulitzer Prize. Um, that one just wow. that was that that was so so humbling.
1: Wow, how wonderful! You know what I get off of you, Mark, is that you're so spiritual. This is really divine work that you do. And and just as I said at the, before at the very beginning, when I says i really cautiously pick people who I want on the program, because you know I'm not against um psychic fairs and things like that. But just as you said, be be a bit um discerning on the people who say, Yeah, I got a hold of Prince now and this is what he's saying and da 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 the ego comes in there so often I see with a lot of readers and psychic mediums. Is that your um experience as well?
0: Well you know, we we all walk that fine line um, between the, the ego and the spirit, but when you give in to ego, you're edging God out. And also, um, you know, growing up in, in a, a Catholic background, there's heaven purgatory and hell so we had levels to the other side you know heaven for catholics purgatory for protestants and hell for everybody else you know yeah it kind, of, kind of the way it was shoved down our throats um and but i do i love pope francis so i mean the catholic church definitely has some 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 gold stars in its favor uh these days um i, th- I think he's the right man in the right place at the right time um but but um uh, gosh I got off track. I was talking about um um heaven and about hell. The, yeah, I don't yeah, I, but, yeah I, I don't I don't believe I don't believe in hell and, and with the ego, um whenever you do something nasty it's because you're thinking of yourself first and you're not yeah. acting out of love. And especially with psychic and mediumistic abilities you know, I mean, you, you, I've heard some people say they feel like they're the X-Men. You know, they have these special powers. Well, yeah, it is. It's a special gift. But everybody has a special gift. Everyone is your superior in that you can learn something from him or her. I mean, I know um, uh, people that can take apart uh, a transmission and put it back together. I, I can't do that. To me, that's just, that to me is more complicated than what I do. And then they look at me and say, how can you do that? And so we all have gifts from God and you can't get too full of yourself because there's always somebody there to remind you that this is a service gift that you're using in the service of other people. And and it, you know people say to me, you know, because when I'm in front of people, I'm an animated speaker because I've had years of experience as a trial attorney and sometimes people confuse being a competent presenter with being ego driven. Because I've had correct. people go, You have a big ego. Yeah, but if I got up there and go, Okay, there's a spirit coming through and it's your <laughs> grandmother and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you have to <laughs> explain
1: it to well, you know don't you know you see you know exactly do, what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Yes. Yes. It's very it's very funny. Because you're correct that when you are a competent speaker and and well-groomed and you feel spirit and you feel confident in that and you bring it forth. Yes. It can come off to the public as arrogant when in fact it is, it is not, it's just that, that you know that you're connected. Like you said, your life was a, about just like my life, like growing up when my mom said, so what does your spirit want to do today? And what do you think your spirit <laughs> would like you to? So we always talked that when we were young. So the word spirit was nothing new to me because she always addressed me as spirit to begin with. And the same with you. You grew up with that, which was very, very normal for you.
0: Yeah, so. I mean, my my mother, who was raised as a devout Catholic, um, but she was a, a psychic and a medium, she would talk about Buddha, St. Francis, and Krishna all in the same sentence. Wow. You know, and... And, you know, she said, Buddha, Jesus, Krishna, we're all talking about the same energy, just a different reincarnation. Well, of course, in the Catholic Church, that's heresy. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, but but I tend to think mom was on to something.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you a question about reincarnation. When do you think that ends? Maybe that's a hard, difficult question to answer. But when does our recycling or re-embodiment or reincarnation Does that end, or are we ambassadors on different planetary systems? Do we just continue to go on?
0: You know, your question is the answer. Oh, doesn't that sound very Taoist? Your question is the answer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, You know, in a deep meditation one time, I asked, I said, so when we're done being born here, do we get to be with God and I got the distinct impression um, uh, the entities I was working with were kind of snickering like <laughs> like that. And I said, what? And they said, you can't understand. I go, would you stop it with the you can't understand? They said, all right, fine. When you're done with this particular dimension, this particular planet and world, you get transferred to another one and the cycle begins again. And I'm like, Seriously? I go, well, how long does this go on for? And they go, until the end of time. I go, so time has an end? And they go, no. <laughs> I'm like, what? Um, and and it, the, re, the response then was, why do you worry of such things? They, they were explaining to me that we're energy and we go through these cycles. So when we're done with this earth plane, we're going to transfer either to another planet or another dimension and keep going on and on and on, and we're all still connected with God. Now, do we get to a point where we're just hanging out with God I don't know. And I don't know if we can understand that. And I'm not trying to to pass the buck or, or, you know, um, throw smoke uh, and mirrors at at things. What it comes down to is we are here in this material world for specific reasons. And it's a privilege to be living in the material world, even though many days it doesn't feel that way. And while we're here, um, we are supposed to engage in and encounter all sorts of experiences and a lot of them are not very pleasant coping with the death of a loved one coping with illness and and infirmity and uh, I mean all the the slew of, of misery that that is inflicted upon upon humanity and then when we leave the material world form and revert back to an immortal state apparently we've we've um, obtained and accrued experiences and things which then raise us to to a different vibration or if we've done really negative and horrible things, oh, we're going to come back and you keep going until you have derived the balance and the experience that you need from this material plane and apparently that can take a very, very long time. Uh, so that's why I always tell people, try to be nice. <laughs> yeah. Be nice. All the religions <laughs> teach you, be nice. Because yeah. for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And that yeah. is a real kick in the rubber parts.
1: Yes, yes, very much so. I just finished watching a movie on Guyam. I think you, how you pronounce it. And it was called The um, Astral City. And it was written in a foreign language, and it had subtitles, but I just loved it because it talked a little bit about um, reincarnation, and it did talk about every action, there is a reaction within the cosmos, and um, I would say the same thing, everybody be good, everybody be good, so... Uh, Talk to us a little bit about your cruise. I read that you're going to the mystical Mayan area in October.
0: I am. I'm starting, um, well, rather launching the uh, Psychic Explorer Mark Anthony mystical um, uh, Mayan cruise. It's going to be from October 22nd to the 27th. Leaves from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. It's a five-day cruise to the exotic Costa Maya and Cozumel. And so while there... Um, be able to to enjoy the beautiful beaches. I mean, it's it's a tropical paradise. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go visit the Mayan ruins. There will be two sea days, one on the way and one on the way back. And on the first sea day, I will be giving a presentation on the Mayan culture, their spirituality and religion. And um, it's and I've always been a history buff, um, and I can't wait to do this. I mean, I've been you know it's it's just so fascinating. And then that afternoon, I'll be doing a mediumship presentation where I will be connecting random audience members with loved ones in spirit. On the way back from Cozumel, I'll be giving a presentation on the science of spirit communication. And then later that afternoon, I'll be doing another mediumship um, demonstration to connect people with their loved ones. I want to make sure the folks have the evening free so you can enjoy the Royal Princess Which is the ship that we're going to be on, which is one of the most beautiful ships in the world. It's one of Princess Cruise's brand new ships. And Mm -hmm. uh, when I've been looking at the photos of it, it's like, wow, can't, can't wait. So. This is going to be um, a metaphysical cruise. It's going to be an adventure. It's sort of the spiritual version of, of Indiana Jones, <laughs> if you yeah. will. And um, people are, are signing up. Um, and once again, on my website, evidenceofeternity.com, you'll see um, you know a tab for the mystical Mayan cruise. And um, so th- this is uh, something I'm going to be expanding. Uh, and doing, I think, a couple times a year to various exotic and mystical locations because, you know, I think it's important for people to learn about other cultures and religions, but let's do it in where it's fun and then also um, help people heal by connecting with their loved ones in this, this very, very um, upbeat and pleasant atmosphere.
1: Yes, it sounds great. It sounds great. So is this your first cruise then that you've done with people?
0: Uh yes, I I've, I've been on other cruises and I, you know, I've been a speaker at expos and I was approached um by somebody who puts these together and he said Mark, he said, I've been watching you at this conference. He goes, I want to do this. And so we started talking about it. And, you know, I've spent so much of my life on these adventure tours and studying religion and other cultures. I mean, I've been all over um, Southeast Asia, Japan, South America, through Europe, uh, the Caribbean, of course, all through the U.S. Um, And I've always been studying God, religion, philosophy. And so I thought, you know, Let's put it to practical use, and let's do this, and I will be the guide for the people that that will be part of of my group.
1: Yeah, oh, great. Well, I would like to encourage everybody to um, connect with that because I always tell everybody that the investment in this, what I always tell people, it's an investment in you not just an investment on uh, a lifelong journey of remembering things and connecting, but the investment in oneself, like you said, I think it's important to learn about other cultures and societies, and especially the Mayan area. That's a very important area, and um, I think that sounds fantastic.
0: It it is, and, you know, the Mayans, what they were able to achieve – rivaled anything the Egyptians, the Greeks, the Romans, or the Chinese did, and they did it without the use of metal tools or the wheel. It's incredible. In fact, their astronomy, they were able to predict an, uh, an eclipse 33 years before it happened with pinpoint precision. I mean, this is amazing stuff, amazing stuff, and, and they were quite an amazing in and, and, Maybe by our standards, unusual people, um, but on the other hand, uh, this this was a, a true American civilization. And there's also a, a lot of mysticism and mystery with them. So it's all the components of an adventure. I love it. It's like you know, we're going to be in an Indiana Jones movie for, for yeah. you know, five days. <laughs> I can't wait.
1: Sounds great, yeah. So do you think we're turning the corner to a better world? Do you think, you know, everybody's talking about politics and Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton and, you know, from the weather to, and so the question I get quite often is, you know, is the world getting better? Are we turning the corner to an enlightened world? What would you have to say to the listeners tonight about that?
0: You know, that's such a difficult question, because I know a lot of people are saying, oh, we're in the age of Aquarius, this great spiritual awakening, and then you turn on the TV and see uh, ISIL cutting people's heads off because they're Yazidis or they're Christians or something like that. And we hear about countries like North Korea and Iran developing nuclear weapons and, and all this. But then I'm thinking, well, gee, can we think ever of a time in human history when things were just lovely? I mean you know, medieval Europe wasn't exactly a picnic. I mean, people like you and me got burned at the stake, (laughs) okay? Yeah. Um, Let alone, you know, the unending wars. Um, I love when people say that, oh, um, America was paradise until Europeans came. Really? Well, when you look at the Aztecs and the Mayans with their human sacrifice, uh, maybe not so much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, then people say, "Oh, the good old days." Oh, you mean when the British Empire ruled the world and treated anyone of color as a second-class, third-class, subservient citizen? And how in our country the good old days meant segregation and, and women being relegated to second-class status. I think we have the potential to evolve to a a greater and more spiritual awareness, but the problem is um, we're in a state of high conflict now because traditional and extremely conservative religions like these radical elements of Islam and the fundamentalist movement in this country and in other countries are clinging on to a past and they're using or rather hijacking faith in God to justify anger, bigotry, hatred, and violence instead of seeing God as the the love force and, and the peace and love and understanding that God really is. So we have the potential to do it, but human beings, we certainly are our own worst enemy. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Are we getting help from star beings, from other planetary beings out there, from other levels of vibration, do you think?
0: You know, it's fascinating, Reverend, uh, Reverend Hope, is I have done readings for a number of people, and all the stuff about aliens started coming out, and then they told me that they were abductees. And, you know, who am I to judge? because they mm-hmm. seemed extremely convinced of the experience and they did not appear to be mentally disturbed. I mean, because you've mm-hmm. got people, oh, aliens <laughs> uh, abducted me. But then there's other people who are, are sharp, clear uh, mentally, and they show no signs of any type of psychoses or deluded behaviors. Um, so who's to say? And, and the fact of the matter is who am I to judge anyone else? Are star beings helping us, from what I understand from the MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, and the people that that believe that uh, we've been abducted, there's more than one alien species coming to Earth. And they, like different countries in this world, have their own and separate agendas. So the question is, is the Federation coming to help us? Or is it the Klingons? (laughs) Yeah. And, and, uh, (laughs) um, you know, Stephen Hawking said something in the last year is very interesting. He said, we really shouldn't be sending probes out in the space because we might attract the wrong attention.
1: (laughs) Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. What would your last words uh, to our guests be tonight, Mark, as our listeners are all listening, I consider them our guests too, and what kind of hope can you give them as uh, we round the corner to move forward?
0: I think in in hope, without hope, we have nothing. And I don't mean to sound pessimistic when I say that human beings are our own worst enemy, Um, but we have to have hope because... The world has gone through dark and dangerous times, and yet, as Gandhi said, there have always been murderers and tyrants, but in the end they fall, and the way of love always wins. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in the Gandhi camp there, and I think yeah. that as long as you act out of love for the, the people in your life that are important and show civility towards others, I think there's hope for us.
1: Yeah, great, great, great. Well, let our audience know once again your website and so they can get information about the Mystical Mayan Cruise and about the Sedona Symposium, Spirit Symposium, and of course your two wonderful books. What's your um, website again?
0: EvidenceofEternity.com. And uh, I, I changed the domain name to the name of my book, evidenceofeternity.com, um, because it makes it easy for people. And once you go to evidenceofeternity.com, you can find out about the Sedona Spirit Symposium, the Mystical Mind Tour, uh, scheduling a session with me in person or on the phone, and uh, certainly uh, the grief management resources, uh, which are which are on my website, which include my books as well as the free advice and and suggestions on coping with
1: the loss of a loved one. Well, thank you. I just want to thank you for joining us tonight from, uh, for our program all the way from Florida. I love it. I love it that you are devoted to helping people understand that God exists and that the afterlife exists and that we will be reunited with our loved ones. I'm also devoted to getting this information out to as many, many people as I can. So from one devoted light worker to another I I simply from my heart to your heart want to thank you thank you thank you and I wish you the best on your busy schedule I popped up your website and saw just how many radio shows you were doing just in the month of May it was kind of astounding to see your schedule
0: <laughs> Yeah it's it's been but you know um I love what I do and and I know you love what you do And and for all the people out there, if you can find something that you love doing, you never really go to work.
1: That's right. That's right. Yes. So, well, I thank you. I thank you for being on the program tonight. And uh, I also want to reiterate to everyone that Mark's books, uh, Never Letting Go, Healing Grief with Help from the Other Side, and Evidence of Eternity, Communicating with Spirits for Proof. Of the afterlife both of these books just as he had mentioned earlier and i thought it was i wanted to give it at least a little bit more attention as well both of these books are major spiritual bestsellers and they are they truly are recommended by hospice organizations and grief counselors worldwide so if you know of anybody who has lost a dear dear one uh, if you know of anyone who's going through that process of watching a loved one uh, die, both of those books would be a very good book. And I give you my best, Mark, as well as I send love and light to your father at this time and to your whole family. So thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you very much. And uh, God mm-hmm. bless you and to all your listeners. God bless you.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, My friends, the times ahead are full of possibilities, and we are that hope, and we are that love. And I believe that together we can create the new game. The love that we are receiving now is uh, just indescribable from uh, beings of love and light and from God. This is the most exciting time ever on the game board of free choice. I think our human evolution is at hand, and with that evolution, the entire universe moves forward. You are here to make a difference, both individually and, I believe, collectively. And that's why we do this program. And I want to give a thank you, thank you, thank you to Tom Westland, who is our program manager here at the Hope Interface Center. I certainly want to give joyous congratulations and a thank you to Jody Schultz for constantly helping me with scheduling and bringing people from around the world, literally, on this program. We've already accomplished so many things. And in the interim, before we get this new world, uh, and this new game, I believe that we are being asked to remember two simple points. And the two simple points are these. Number one, you are, we are in the same energetic frequency of God. We are made in that image of God. And you have a responsibility. We all have a responsibility to use our powers of creation for good. Be good. Just as Mark has said, be good. The second one, love is the most important energy in the whole world. Use that love. You are made of love. Please use that love. And before we meet again, I want to let everyone know that our next showing on the Pure Hope show on June 28th is going to be Deb Schubert from, again, from from Florida. We go to Colorado Springs in Colorado. She is a numerologist, and she has dedicated her life to the study of numbers. So if you want to tune in and learn the meaning of numbers, you might be a number one, which means that you're a pioneer or independent. Uh, You might be a number five, which means expansiveness or visionary or adventurous. You might be a number nine, which means a humanitarian or giving nature I do not know anything about numerology, but I do know Deb Schubert, and she did a reading for me which astounded me and helped me a great deal. So I would tell you to tune in next month in the month of June and explore with me the meaning of numbers. Until we meet again, I just want to namaste you over and over and over. May the light in me always truly recognize, enjoy, and celebrate the light within you. Namaste, namaste, namaste. Thank you, Mark, once again for being on our program.
0: Thank you. God bless.
1: God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hope by Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. And until next time, remember that true greatness consists in being great in the little things. Be kind. Be gentle. Be loving. Be true.